This call is being recorded. Vendminder welcomes Jenny Fowler from South Carolina as a thought leader to speak on vendor management. Jenny is the vendor management officer with American Credit Acceptance. She brings 23 years of experience in the IT and enterprise management sectors. Her verticals include financial sector, telecom, consulting firms, manufacturing, and medical. Jenny has started and or matured seven different project management uh, or EPMOs in her career in roles such as the head of IT, PMO, head of EPMO, and yes, even CIO. Along with a master's degree, Jenny has several certifications and or formal training in project management, and she is also a leader in enterprise project management. As a speaker, she's partnered with organizations such as local PMI chapters, women in technology groups, and executive CIO forum and IT summit. Jenny will be an expert speaker in the upcoming Gartner PPM summit in June on communication with the C-suite. So take a moment and let's welcome you, Jenny. Thank you, Brennan. I appreciate it. And hello, everyone, from a lovely, cloudy, wet, rainy South Carolina. And the first thing I'm sure you guys are going to notice is my very, very awesome Southern accent. So it doesn't get any better than this. This is um, as Southern Belle as you can get. So I am happy to be here and happy to um, be part of the thought leadership uh, process and um, happy to share. Thank you so much. Let's start off with just a very basic, you know, from your perspective and what you see, how are financial institutions doing overall with third-party risk management? You know, I, I wish that I could tell you, Brennan, that there is a one-size-fits-all answer for, for that question, but, but I don't think there is. I think with, um, you know, the, the question being how are financial institutions doing overall, and I think there's, you know, so many different sizes of financial institutions. Um, that you have uh, varying answers. I think for your very small financial institutions, I think they probably struggle a little bit with uh, third-party risk management. Uh, for your small and medium-sized, smaller, you know, not quite so small, but SMB, you know, your medium-sized companies, they're probably doing pretty good. And then your larger financial institutions, um, you know, your Fortune 1000s or Fortune 500s, if you will, they are probably doing pretty good. Um, with a lot of the regulations. So I think, you know, from the perspective that I have, it just depends on the size of the company. But, you know, I've been in the industry uh, for a long time. So I think where we were when the regulations started getting much more strict as to where we are now, I think as an overall community of financial institutions, because uh, where I am now is in a financial institution, I think we've gotten better. Good to hear. And that certainly is, is consistent with what we see. I mean, the, the small institutions, you really got a feel for it because I mean the the regulation doesn't really give you any any true break as a um you know being a small institution yet it's probably lumped on the compliance officer along with all the other duties around consumer protection regulations so uh, on that on that end it's challenging on the very large financial institutions I think it's really just being able to make sure that you're constantly corralling all the third parties that you're dealing with and, and able to manage through the business unit so I think they both have unique challenges but I agree with you I, I certainly think the discipline around it has improved greatly over the past few years. <clears throat> you know, uh, earlier this year, Venminder conducted our annual state of third-party risk management survey. And based on the responses, it looks like uh, fourth-party assessments and third-party cybersecurity assessments are the next big hurdle for institutions. Would you agree with that? I do. I do. I, I, I agree, um, you know, uh, that we're definitely, that is definitely a hurdle, um, at least in, in the financial institution that I'm a part of. Um, so, yes, I do agree. 
Yeah, and it's funny because, I mean, I was at a conference uh, last year, and there was three separate tracks that dealt with fourth-party risk at one point or another. Even if it wasn't formally on the agenda, we really kind of talked ourselves uh, into that area because, you know, I think a lot of people are just struggling with it. It's hard enough to get information from our third parties. Gosh, what do we do with these fourth parties? So I, I really do think that's one of the uh, real big uh, hurdles upcoming. You know, besides following the regulatory guidance uh, pretty closely, what other best practices do you find in managing third-party risk? Um, so, you know, there, to your point, there is a lot of best practice regulatory guidance, whether you're looking at the OCC, the FFIEC, CFPB, or any um, EIEIO acronym, right? Um, there's there's a lot out there. So that that's helpful. But the best practices that I see um, for managing risk, I, I've been blessed over the last several years to not only go to the Gartner Project and Portfolio Management Summit, but I've also gone, you know, near September, near the end of the year, to the um, procurement and sourcing um, executive conferences that they have every year. So uh, I, I do see a, a precedence that Gartner is trying to help set for for our um, for third party. When I say our, I mean third party uh, management to help you know to understand that they, you know to train the people that you work with. You know, having uh, third party management be part of your culture of your company. Um, you know, having it in your operational cadence, you know, that's another best practice that I see. But, you know, most importantly, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is best practices don't have to be thick and bulky and, and um, intimidating. It can be easy. We can follow regulatory guidance. We can uh, make sure that we're providing operational excellence and it still not feel hard. So um, now that's different for every company. Uh, to to what what does that mean, Jenny? What does it not feel hard mean? It means that can you make those checklists smaller? Can you can you get what you need from someone in one page? Um, can you give them instructions in one page? Um, you know that's what makes people buy into the making it into your culture to make it into your operational cadence. So. I think some of those best practices, whether it be training culture or making things easy, is what helps you on top of that regulatory guidance that we get. Oh, absolutely. And I think conferences are a great way to do it because you can really sit down and kind of have a conversation around best practices and you know, what kind of tricks of the trade have you come up with that, are, that have made things easier. So I, I'm, I'm always eager uh, to talk to colleagues at conferences and see, you know, ways they've gotten creative and, and both, you know, obviously, you know, conforming with the regulation, uh, but at the same time, finding ways to make it more efficient and, and easier for all involved, or at least, at the very least, at the very least less confusing and less uh, obstacle-driven. You know, I was, right. I, was fascinated, I was fascinated by the topic you have for the upcoming PPM Summit, communication with the C-suite. Can you give us sort of a, a preview of coming attractions on that? You know, any recommendations on helping to obtain buy-in and support from the C-suite when it comes to third-party risk? Sure, I'm happy to. And and again, you know, back to the very first question, um, you know, there's the size of a company greatly depends on how you're going to communicate with that C-suite. Um, you know, as I said, I've started several project management offices over my career, and some of those have been at small companies, and then one has been, you know, worked with helped with the maturity of BMW, which is a $66 billion company. So, or at the time, it was $66 billion. So, it just depends on the size of your C-suite. And so a sneak peek into the, the Gartner, um, you know, topic that I have is, you know, what are you doing to make sure, you know, a, as a, a communicator with your C-suite 
that you are doing to make sure that you're communicating with them in the way that they want to and or need to hear the information. If you're in that smaller size company, you're probably giving them a good bit of detail. Right, that medium-sized company, they want they want the high-level detail, but they also want the detail in an appendix, right, at the end. And then when you're in the medium to larger-sized companies, you know, they want to know what's in it for them. They want to understand why. They want to know what decisions you need from them. And my, um, I, I can't take a trademark on this, but, you know, bottom line up front, right, the bluff of the matter. What what do you need from them? That's your first slide. It's not the last slide. And in our older days, we would put the decisions that we need to make and what we need from them on the last slide, that's that's not what they need. You know, if you think you need an hour for that meeting, how can you get what you need done in 30 minutes or better yet, even 20 minutes? So that's an expensive room of people that you've got together. So, you know, you whatever answer you want from them, you give them three proposals for three different answers, right? Bottom line up front, I need for you to make a decision. Here's three possible answers that I think you're going to give back to me. I've starred beside number one, which answer I hope you'll give me, and you get their decision, and then you get out of their hair. Yep. I think that's a great approach because, I mean, boards uh, nowadays are expected to be involved in just so much uh, of day-to-day -day management, it seems like. And, and I, I've looked at board books that are literally into the thousands of pages long. So your, your opportunity to get their attention, while important, you do need to be very respectful of their time and really, as you kind of say, guide them to the decision and be able to then evidence it in the minutes that, you know, there was some discussion around it, of course, but at the same time, you know, really be respectful of their time and try to get to the, you know, to the right answer, uh, but without belaboring the, uh, the topic. You know, and then finally, just one, one other question, you know, with all the recent changes in leadership at the various prudential regulators, what do you see for the rest of the year from a regulatory compliance perspective? You know, well, I, I can give you a, a personal answer, and then I'll give you a professional answer. So personally, when we had a change in, um, you know, presidential leadership, uh, I had hoped that uh, things were going to get a, a little easier, um, you know, based off of some of the buzz that we initially heard around third-party management, and then, you know, the, the changes with CFPB with some of the staffing and maybe what was or wasn't going to happen. But, you know, I, I think some of that buzz is calmed down now. And, you know, from my situation and, and also kind of supporting with some of the other conferences that I've attended, you know, I, I don't see a big change in 2019. Um, you know, I think information security is still going to be at the forefront. I think that, um, you know, we're still going to have to keep up with those state regulations. And some states are getting a little bit more rigorous than others. Um, so I don't see a, a big change. Um, from where we were from 2018 to 2019, um, that that's uh, large. You know, we're still, um, you know, having to chase down not only the third party, but the fourth party. The only rumblings that I'm hearing that I think might be a little bit different for us into the end of, of 19 um, going into 20 is the possibility of us having to start to track our fifth party vendors. Um, I'm hearing some rumblings to that and, and um I'm like, huh, okay, so that's just one more layer that we have to do. So, you know, third party and fourth party are, are kind of a given at this point. But fifth party, um, that, that that really makes my heart go out for some of the smaller organizations because I just don't know that they have the manpower or the tools to do that, to do that type of tracking. So that, that would make me have a little bit of pause and go, oh, that's going to be a little bit difficult for for some of the smaller organizations. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on all on all points, and in particular, you know, a couple observations. One, yes, we've definitely seen the state agencies start to up their game. Whether you know NYDFS has always been uh, out there and, and pretty aggressive, but we've seen 
a lot of others start to push back heavily ever since, uh, in particular, the OCC FinTech Charter was uh, proposed formally. You know, you've really seen the states start to band together and say, okay, you know, we, we need a piece of this action as well. Uh, and they formally challenged it. The SBS has uh, formally challenged the OCC Charter. I think also just that sense that the CFPB has pulled back on some enforcement actions has made state regulators, uh, state agencies nervous as well, and they want to jump in and make sure that there's still adequate consumer protection uh, standards in place. So I think there's a lot of that going on. Uh, to, and to your other point, I mean, uh, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, we, we were all hoping that there would just be this sudden breath of fresh air that gave us all regulatory relief. And that's, you know, probably was a, a dream to start with, but at the same time, it certainly hasn't happened. And, and if anything, you know, change in and of itself can cause as much difficulty as, you know, simply having a regulation in place, because trying to figure out the moving target of how do we change to adapt to the new regulation or to, you know, uh, roll back in, in regulatory standards is equally confusing because you, you have to be able to go and articulate that well to senior management and the board. And it's tough to do that if, if you know, there's just lots of questions swirling out there. I mean, I, I lived through the prepaid rule and how long that's been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And even now that it's finally coming to fruition, a lot of folks are still scrambling to figure out what does this really mean to me? So, well, Jenny, I really appreciate your time. Um, any final thoughts you want to share with uh, the audience? Thank you, Brennan. I, I really appreciate being asked to participate in the Thought Leadership Series. And, you know, the final thought is, you know, um, just keep in mind, there's not a one-size-fits-all answer. You know, uh, again, I'm thankful for um, for the guidance that several of these governing bodies have given to us. But, um, you know, th there's a good mix in there. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm continually trying to con to focus on is customer service. We, we we really, as a team, you know, as leading these vendor management offices across the United States, we can't lose sight. That's really what's important. You know, who is your customer as as the vendor leader at your company? And mine is our internal customers. And you know, while we have these regulations, it can't take months and months and months to move, right? It can't take three months to onboard a vendor or months and months and months to try to get an artifact done for ongoing monitoring. You know, these things should take days, not not months. And so, um, you know, trying to keep um, keep keep our business edge, right? Still be competitive. So, you know, keep customer service in mind while still being compliant, and um, and that will keep you at the on your competitive edge. So that's all I have, and thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. I think that's a great way to end it. I appreciate all of your help, all your insight. I think it's been very valuable. I appreciate everybody tuning in, and hope you'll tune in again next time. Thanks very much.